Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. So some of you guys know that I have an old Mustang that sometimes runs and sometimes doesn't. Recently, it got annihilated on our streets. Somebody ran into it, so now we're kind of fixing it back up again. It's forcing us to do the the work of uh, taking out the old rust and getting it back on the road. But back in the day, I've had this car since I was in kindergarten. When my grandmother passed away, she bought it new in 65. And then it came to us, and I was like, Dad, I want that car. And so when I was 15, my dad and I rebuilt the motor and my friend, his dad, worked at a body shop, and so he taught us how to sand it. We spent the whole summer sanding, taking out the rust, and we redid the whole car. And this was my first car when I was 16. I don't recommend any parents giving them their kids a 65 Mustang when they're 16 um, for a number of reasons. But this particular car has, when it's an old car, you know, the gauges, they sometimes work, sometimes they don't. And the fuel gauge on this car is notorious for doing this. You fill it up, and it's full, it's full, it's full, and you're driving it, you're driving it, driving it, and then all of a sudden, like, as soon as it goes to half tank, you basically have about 15 minutes, <laughs> boom, before it's empty, which is really bad for a teenage boy. Like, your brain is not fully there. I think I'm just starting to, in my 40s now, my brain, I think, is fully, hopefully there, but now I'm starting to lose things, you know what I mean? But, like, when you're 16, you know, the, the, the ability to make wise decisions, it's something you're still learning. And so I remember this happened to me so many times. My parents made sure I had AAA, and whether it was on PCH, Pacific Coast Highway was what we call it, at Highway 1 in Southern California where I grew up, or on my way to school, I would run out of gas all the time because I'd fill it up, and I'd be like full, 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 full cruising, and then I'd wait too long And by the time it got to empty, it was too late. And I think a lot of us in our life, we do the same thing. We're running at a pace that the world has told us we should run at. We're we're, we're always going. We're always thinking. When we're not working, we're on our phones and our minds are going. And we, we just keep going at this pace and we end up running on empty. And God didn't build us for that. In the way that we didn't build cars to run on empty, God didn't build people to run without rest. And Pastor Tim gave a great message last week, walking us from Genesis in the beginning of the Bible all the way to Revelation at the end of the Bible and back to Jesus, inviting us to rest, true biblical rest. Today we're going to look at Psalm 46. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to open with me there. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. We normally read from the NIV, but there's a reason why I'm reading from the New King James today. And just a quick recap, Pastor Tim kicked us off last week, and he talked about, I loved how he talked about Shabbat Shalom. You guys remember that? Say that with me, Shabbat Shalom. Now you can say that if you have a Jewish friend, you can say that on Friday, they'll love you for that, right? Shabbat Shalom. And it's this real picture of how the pure rest The pure rest of God is rooted in the complete peace of God. 
these two concepts of Shabbat Shalom. And today I'm going to be talking to you about um, an, another concept. We're going to talk about rhythms of rest. And I want, I'm going to read this psalm with you, Psalm 46, and I want you to be looking for a rhythm here, okay? If you have your Bible, you can read along with me. It might sound a little bit different in the New King James Version, but you'll understand why at the end here. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, Selah. And that's not in the NIV translation, but that's, that's, we're going to talk about that a little bit and why. Verse 4, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, who has made the desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Here we have this psalm. In the context of calamity, acts of God, acts of nature, um, the earth giving way, wars, and fighting. With this message, be still and know that I'm God. And we have this rhythm of these intense moments broken up by the word Selah. And today I want to talk to you. I have two points for you today. And the first one is be still. You can guess what the second one is, maybe, if you're smart, if you read the scripture with me. But the first one is be still. The Hebrew word for be still, rapa, means what it says, be still. It's like a pause, be still. But there's an image here, especially in this context. The image is you're in a fight, and the image is drop your weapons. That's the image here. How many of you guys know we're kind of in a fight? Monday through Friday, it's a fight. It's a gritty fight. And there's a lot of work to be done, right? And, and we live in a fallen world where part of the result of humanity, our fallenness, our brokenness, our sin, is this curse that work is going to, it's kind of like the phrase, work sucks, then you die. You've heard that before. And that, there, that's a thing, right? That's a thing. There's... We call it the grind. And there's this sense of the grind where we're just fighting. We're fighting. And, and then there's this picture of be still and know. And the word be still, it's this literally, literally this picture of drop your weapons and stop. God is inviting us to drop our weapons and stop. Um, how many of you guys know it can be hard to be still sometimes, especially if you're in a fight, if you're in the middle of a battle or a war, and you've got the heightened anxiety, which we all kind of feel all the time now, right? 
especially this last year, has been kind of a fight and a battle just to stay encouraged, just to stay hopeful. And God invites us to be still. I don't know about you, but like this is not that easy for me. Can I just say this? I was not the kid who had an easy time sitting still in school. As a drummer, I made good use of my desk, some good percussion. Like just sitting still doesn't work for me. I remember being on sabbatical. We have a a practice here at Hope where our full-time pastors, we encourage to take a a seven-year sabbatical. And I did this, and it was a great exercise in trust because I took myself off of social media. I got a different SIM card for my phone and only gave the number to like close friends and family. And I just totally, we took the family, we went to Panama. It was so cool, so fun. Costa Rica, Panama, and just totally disconnected. And uh, did a little surfing down there too, by the way. Um, by myself for a month, perfect waves. But that's, that's a different story. But I remember like the first couple weeks, it was so weird to not be always thinking about the church, always thinking about who's, who's in trouble, who's in the hospital, what's going on, who are we, who are we making sure everyone's cared for. And I, it was this exercise in trust for me. And I remember like even three weeks in, I would get phantom phone buzzes in my left leg. I didn't even have, have my phone on me, but anyone ever had a phantom phone buzz on you? Okay, <laughs> thank you. I'm not the only crazy person. Okay, so, there, so there's this still, but then another cool image in this psalm is in the midst of these like devastation and calamity and war, you have these moments where it says, Selah. And that is translated as exalt, but most scholars would believe that that is a word for a pause. Or in in the music, where there would be a break in the music. Anyone that's a musician here would know that like, Great music isn't just playing straight through, right? Great music is knowing when to stop, when to lower the dynamic, when to bring it up, and have some crescendos, right, in the, in the music. Um, and so there's kind of like this, this tempo to this song where there's this intensity and a pause. This intensity and then another pause. Selah. to the crescendo of be still and know. Drop your weapons. How many of you guys know we need rhythms of pause in our life? The earth, all of God's creation was built with rhythms. Just even to the basics of the earth rotating around the sun and how every day we have a break. The sun goes down. We invented blue light, right? So we don't have to rest. But God created the earth to have this rhythm so that we would wind down the tides, the seasons, the the annual trip around the sun that we have, and the moon. All of these things are meant to provide rhythms for us, built-in rhythms of pause. And there's a tempo to everything, right? God created a tempo, even in how the seasons are designed. You think about it, wintertime, we need to sleep a little longer, don't we? We eat a little more food. <laughs> sleep a little longer. And then the summertime, it's light till late, and we're out playing, and we're out doing things. And then, you know, we need to have those rhythms on, a, on an annual basis, 
on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. Like God built us for us in the same way that on the Mustang, you have to change the oil. You have to put the fluid in the transmission. Trust me, I forgot about that at one point, and I blew my transmission. I've learned everything the hard way. You've got to put fuel. You've got you to pull over and stop to refuel or you won't make it. And how many people do we know that have burned out, that have blown out, that have bummed out? There's probably another one that we could think of that they burnt, they, right? Bombed out, you know? And um, I got a call from a friend at 4 a.m. this morning who blew out. And a lot of times... And, and this isn't unique to people. This is, this is pastors, right? A lot of my pastor friends in the ministry burn out and blow out. We've seen the headlines, right? And a lot of those reasons go back to us not knowing how to rest. Pastor Tim reminded us of the Ten Commandments last week, right? And how, remember the Sabbath. It's built into the, the, the OG top ten, God's top ten, Right? Now, I know we're not under the law, right? This is Old Testament. You know, so Jesus has fulfilled the law. We're under the new covenant, right, which is the law of love. But let me ask you a question. As a pastor, which one of the Ten Commandments are you cool with me breaking? Steal. Are you guys cool with that? If I kill people and hide them in my trunk. <laughs> Commit adultery. Not cool with that, right? No? Um, having other gods before Jesus, you're probably not cool with that. Like, all these, these top ten, these are like God's top ten rules. But why is it that I get praised for not taking a day off? There's a sickness in our culture. Some would call it hurry disease. And we don't know how to rest. Yet Jesus invites us, not just to a day of rest, but a life of rest. He invites us to enter into his Sabbath rest, which is being in rhythm with God, working with God, not, not on our own, not fighting every day, but having these moments of pause to refuel. And today I want to invite you to that. Jeremiah 12, verse 5 says, If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses if you stumble in a safe country? We often live, even pastors and even Christians, you can live doing good work at a pace that's destroying God's good work in you. And so today I want to invite you to a different rhythm. Amen? And it means setting aside time for Selah, having those pause moments. For me, I'm kind of old school. I take a Friday to Saturday. Shabbat, man. I'm all about it. I'm all, and, and I'm not legalistic about it. Yesterday I got to perform someone's wedding in the, in the evening. But yesterday afternoon, guess where I was? I was at the Capitola Jetty pushing my son into waves on a boogie board. And you know what? I felt the pleasure of God in that moment. 
that was true rest and fulfillment in my soul. Hanging out with my daughter, body surfing, seeing her with her friend out there. That was, that was, that was me having a Selah moment, getting to smile at my kids and feel the love of God in that moment. Be still. But Selah is more than just be still. Okay, it's more than just don't think and meditate and hmm, right? Okay, it's more than just that. It's be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm God. True rest, as Pastor Tim was telling us last week, is found only in God. Look at this passage. Psalm 62, verse 1. My soul rests in God alone. My salvation is from Him. There are so many places that you can go to to look for rest. And often they're just distractions from the place that you'll really find it. It's in God. And I want to invite you not just to take a day off, not just to pause, but pause and invite Jesus into that moment. I love this invitation from Jesus. And I'm going to read you this from the message translation, Matthew 11, 28-30. If you've been around Hope, you've heard me read this before, but I'm going to read it again because this is such a great message for us today. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Remember Pastor Tim was talking about the yoke and how we, if we walk with Jesus and we stay in rhythm with him, it's not hard. Learn, I love this, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. That's Jesus' invitation to us. Drop your weapons. Pause from the fight. Look to me. Trust me. And that's really what it comes down to, isn't it, friends? Isn't that what it comes down to? Because really, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? It comes down to trust. It really pushes on that trust in our heart to slow down and stop and trust that God is going to empower us to be more fruitful in the other six days if we pause in that moment. Or maybe it's just taking, and I don't think it's just a weekly thing, friends. I think it's more than that. Jesus invites us. It's kind of like the Old Testament talks about tithing too, giving 10% of our income to God, right? That he's going to make the other 90% more fruitful. That's Old Testament. New Testament is give everything to God, right? It's all his. Old Testament is rest one day. And the New Testament is God, Jesus invites us to the Sabbath rest every day, these unforced rhythms that every day throughout the day, I think we need to take these Selah moments every day. To pause, drop your weapons, and know that he is God. And trust that he's going to make the rest of your day more fruitful 
by you taking the time to read his word, by you taking the time to put on your headphones and, and worship and, and just let him be the Lord of your heart. Let him be God. Because that's the reality is when we're not trusting him and we're not resting, it's us trying to be God. Right? It's us trying to be God. And he makes a great God, you don't. I don't either. And so we've got to trust him to be Lord and, and be in step with his spirit. It's like a dance, right? The scriptures use a metaphor for the church as the bride of Christ. And it's like, it's like we're invited to this dance. You think about the first dance, right? We're invited to this dance with our Lord, our Savior. And it, when you're dancing, the groom leads and the bride follows, right? We're invited to that followship of Jesus, that we would follow him and be led and keep in step with his spirit. Galatians 5.25, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Are we trusting God to lead us in this song and dance of life? We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.